This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the State of Recruiting, the weekly podcast brought to you by Orange 24-7 covering recruiting um, on the 40 Acres. I'm Mike Roach. I'm joined, as always, uh, by Nick Harris. Nick, thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. How's it going? Uh, it's been a week, man, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're certainly going to get into that. I don't think this is, you know, maybe what we envisioned when we wanted things to go viral, uh, you know, for us, but um, this is certainly... I think one of the weirder weeks of my life, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that in just a bit. Um, just interested to get your takes on it as well. You and I live, like we're 15 yard, uh, years apart, so our views on, on things are so much different most of the time. So um, just kind of... Uh, just kind of a surreal week, man. But uh, let's let's jump right into uh, into the show. We're going to talk a little bit of Texas recruiting. There is still that. Uh, we are going to talk about the worldwide pandemic that is sweeping the the globe and uh, changing your life on a daily basis, and, and where we will go uh, forward from there. And then we're also going to answer some questions. But Nick, let's start chronologically before every sport in the world was canceled. Um, <laughs> Texas had a, a huge visit weekend last weekend. It had uh, a big visitor on campus in four-star receiver JoJo Earl from Alito. Uh, well, I talked about last week going into this that you know this was really a time where Texas needed to do everything they could to make up ground. And man, from the sounds of it, they did. Um, went out to Alito on Tuesday and talked to JoJo in person, and he told me that uh, you know really. Texas had kind of, you know, he had kind of written them off in a sense because he had a close relationship with the previous staff. When they were fired, he, you know, he just decided to look elsewhere. But meeting this staff really liked him, really connected well, has a previous relationship with Jay Valai. And, um, you know, I think really uh, important to get him, you know, kind of back onto Texas. Yeah, in my opinion, he's one of the most important recruits in the 2021 class. Uh, we kind of mentioned it on the podcast last week just about uh, his playmaking ability, his speed from the slot position. Uh, he's one of those in-state guys that you're going to really beat yourself up over if Texas can't land him. I, th- I think he's that one for the 2021 class. Uh, so it was it was really great to see him get back on campus because uh, it, it was trending Texas's way. Um, I guess it was about six months ago during the season. Uh, we thought Texas would have a pretty good shot. And then when he released his top schools, uh, I think it was at, right at the end of January and Texas wasn't on the list. Uh, took it as a bit of a surprise, and so it's really great to see him back on campus, getting uh, getting him connected with a new staff, uh, new wide receivers coach uh, Andre Coleman, uh, and they're building that relationship already. And I, I'm I'm glad to see JoJo uh, back in Austin and loving the Horns again. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the other visitors on campus over the weekend was uh, JoJo's teammate BJ Allen, a 2022 safety who I. I there are people out there who will tell me, like, don't tell me about 22s or 23s. We try to tell you about some guys early so you know the names. And, Nick, you were you were with me at a lot of playoff games when we saw Lito this year. 
BJ Allen jumped out at us immediately on the field. Um, and, and, you know, I think he, Texas really blew him away on his visit and he's going to be one of those really important guys for the 22 class. So it's, it's good to just start getting to know him now. Yeah. I, um, I could definitely see him as a top 150 in the nation. Whenever these 2022 rankings come out, uh, this is, a, this is a big time, a big time target in the 22 class. Uh, and like you said, if, if you're if you're a person that doesn't like to get familiar with the 22 and 23 classes until they get here, uh, this is one you at, at least this one you need to pay attention to is B.J. Allen, uh, a big time playmaker uh, from the safety position, uh, and I, I think he's going to be a really big target in the 22 class. All right, and a couple other guys who were on campus, uh, Jordan Thomas, the defensive lineman from Port Arthur Memorial that we confirmed uh, late Friday night, and um, Shamar Turner, the defensive lineman from DeSoto. I think Texas did a good job of both those guys. Um, I've, I've talked about uh, their, you know, where they stand with Jordan Thomas, still feel really good about that pick. And I think quietly they're making some noise for Shamar Turner, who doesn't, you know, just doesn't quite talk as much. And um, obviously with the defensive line hall they pulled in last year, building on that and, and uh, continuing to produce at that position is crucial for them. Yeah, Jordan Thomas is a guy that's looking really strong as a, a strong candidate to be in the next five commits. I, I know y'all like to ask that every week, who's the next five commits? And I think Jordan Thomas might be a name that we would throw in there if we were asked that question this week. Um, a pretty solid visit this past weekend. And uh, pretty cool that they got him on campus at the same time as Shamar Turner, uh, both being defensive linemen, but I think they complement each other well. Uh, and those are two guys that um, uh, Texas is really going after here early on in the cycle. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, that's kind of what I was focused on this weekend. Nick, you were uh, at uh, two seven on seven tournaments. Just kind of give us an overview of some of the guys you saw there, how those tournaments went, and you know maybe who impressed you a little bit. Yeah, it, it was a big content weekend. I uh, saw a lot of kids at the end zone tournament on Saturday. And then uh, at the championship 7v7 tournament on Sunday in Katy, it was mainly just trying to look for some guys and uh, talk to some guys that may still be in con- uh, may starting to get in contact with uh, Texas. Uh, I think probably the most surprising little tidbit that I pulled out of the weekend uh, was talking to Darius Hale um, and uh, seeing that he's a starting communication with Stan Drayton uh, and the rest of the um, uh, Texas staff, a uh, Pearland running back, uh, Darius Hale. Uh, but at uh, end zone, uh, so many targets and commits. Uh, got to c- catch up with Jalen Milrow. Didn't even expect to see Jalen there. And I turned around and he had a sling on his arm. I'm like, okay, there's Jalen and he has a sling on his arm. I got to talk to him about what's going on. Uh, but uh, he, he, he'll he hopefully be back for uh, spring ball if they have it at Tompkins. Um, but uh, he'll definitely use this time off to uh, nurture that shoulder and uh, get back into action. And I saw Landon King uh, play for PPA club team. Uh, Landon King is another guy that uh, I think is really high on Texas at this point in his recruitment. Uh, I like his play a lot. He was he, he was a monster for PPA over the weekend. Uh, saw Terrence Cooks um, uh, playing for uh, KFA, I believe. Uh, he had a he had a strong weekend as well. Uh, just a lot of targets and Garrett Nussmeyer also came, uh, coming in from Baton Rouge. Uh, fresh off of his visit at LSU coming into Houston and playing on Sunday uh, at Enzone. I was able to catch up with him Saturday night on his visit, and we have that article up uh, on Horns 24-7 if you want to catch up on our conversation there. But uh, it was definitely great to catch up with uh, a lot of these targets and commits. It was a lot, a lot of them. It was the first time I've seen them since the season. So uh, it was a great content weekend for sure. Yeah, and, um, you know, we really, I guess – Needed it, um, needed all those content uh, items banked because 
Uh, we're going to have to get creative with our stuff going forward. As uh, the if you've been living under a rock, but yet are somehow still receiving this podcast. <laughs> um, basically, everything is on hold for the foreseeable future uh, in the sports world. That includes the NBA. That includes uh, all major sports leagues. Really includes recruiting. Uh, college sports, spring practices, all those things are on hold until uh, whoever can get a hold on on the coronavirus. Look, we're not going to uh, pretend like we're experts here on the coronavirus. I've hardly read just anything about it. Um, I've kind of got the the headline news about it, but um, obviously it's a major thing that's that's uh, affecting you know basically the entire world right now. And um, you know if if they feel the best course of action is to kind of shut some stuff down and, and try to prevent the spread of it. I, who am I to tell them any different? Um, you know, we will, we will, uh, our goal here is to try to, uh, maybe bring some, some levity or maybe bring something a little lighter to you during this time. And, um, we know there's going to be some, some hard times out there with people, um, you know, trying to work and, uh, you know, things like their workplace getting shut down, and um, things like that are going to jump into the way. My wife is calling me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if you could hear that, my wife was calling me. Uh, things are like that are going to jump into everyday life. Um, and, and really, what we want to do is kind of be that distraction. So um, I, like I told Nick the other day, it's not really going to change the fact that we can do our job. We're just going to have to do it a little differently. Understand that, um, you know, Things are going to uh, – recruiting is basically grinding to a halt. So there's not going to be much new news. Now, what we're going to try to do is maybe some deeper dives into things. Um, we are going to uh, maybe uh, look at trends and uh, maybe go back and do some things. But right now, um, there's not going to be much new stuff as uh, basically schools uh, – the NCAA, just before we went on the air, the NCAA ruled that no schools can recruit until – April 15th, they put basically a new dead period in place. So, um, you know, we're processing this at the same time you guys are. Nick, it's been like just such a, a crazy week and you're into so many other sports uh, other than me. You know, like what is it? Uh, just give me your reaction on it. Yeah, yeah I, I think the big shock to the sports world or at least to uh, my sports world, I know you're not a big basketball fan, but it, it just the other night, I think it was Wednesday night when – uh, they pulled the Jazz and the Thunder off the court um, immediately uh, as soon as they got on the court. And then 20 minutes later, it comes back that Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. And then the next morning, uh, his teammate Donovan Mitchell was tested positive as well. It just kind of made, make it, it made it real all of a sudden. Um, I, I think Adam Silver made a really good decision. I think there was a lot of pressure on him and the NBA being the first league to pull out and just suspend everything. And I think that's what really started the domino effect here. I, I've always said that I think Adam Silver is one of the best commissioners in sports. And I really think he started this wave of, you know, just putting everything to a halt, figuring out what's going on. And um, now that the NCAA has kind of followed that today, and put in this little dead period until April 15th. I'm really curious to see how coaches are going to be able to contact with kids. I know that they can still uh, call them and text them and uh, shoot the messages on Twitter. So uh, the communication between uh, recruits and coaches is going to be very interesting over the next month. And uh, that's something we're definitely going to try and uh, cover for y'all and uh, you know talk to some of these kids and see how communication is going because it's definitely going to be really different for everybody involved, not only us, but the coaching staff as well, the recruits. And, you know, some of these recruits, I, I think I saw Tumisha Adelie post on Twitter today. He's like, you know, all my life I've been dreaming about uh, playing in the opening finals and in the uh, Under Armour All-American game. 
And, you know, both of those things are kind of in limbo right now. So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a trying time, especially for this class of 2021. Uh, I would love to see some of these kids uh, be able to do those things that, you know, they grow up and dream about. Uh, Elite 11 is another thing for uh, especially this great group of in-state quarterbacks that we have this year. It would be a real shame if we uh, won't be able to see them in action in Elite 11. But uh, like you said, everything's just kind of in limbo right now. It's it's uh, very questionable. You know, maybe when April 15th rolls around, uh, this uh, pandemic isn't as bad as it is right now. And, uh, you know, we're able to continue with everything. But the way it's trending right now, I, I wouldn't think so. So uh, this may be something we uh, extend into the summer, um, especially with the NCAA canceling the College World Series as well in June. I think that's kind of them foreseeing that, you know, this is going to be an issue for the next three or four or five months maybe. Uh, so um, we're definitely just going to have to prepare for that. And uh, I'm curious to see how the recruiting world changes with all of that. Yeah, that's the interesting part. So schools are going to have to get creative. I think uh, FaceTime is going to become a big thing uh, very soon. And, and, you know, they're going to have to, for Texas, they're losing a lot in this situation um, because, you know, they were considering the the March 28th uh, was going to be Texas Relays Week, and that's always a huge event for them. And also, spring practice was starting. They were expecting a lot of visitors coming up, and um, they'll obviously lose that. Everyone else will. I mean, it, it is an even playing field from that sense. I think one thing, kind of look at it, if you want to look at sort of a bright side for Texas to it, is – so we talked all year long about how these new coaches aren't going to have the benefit of having a season before a lot of these kids in the 21 class uh, decide. I think that this is probably the closest thing that will cause kids to start pushing back decisions. And the longer they put off decisions, I think the better it is for this Texas staff. So that might be something that you know kind of inadvertently goes in their favor. Um, outside of that, I, you know, we're going to play it by ear. We'll we'll. we'll We'll see what happens day in and day out. It's kind of just waking up and seeing what's new today. Um, But uh, we'll we'll definitely um, try to be on top of anything as it changes. Um, Nick, anything else you want to add before we get into questions? Yeah, and I I will say whenever it does come back and uh, everything kind of gets back to normal in the recruiting world, it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) because there's going to be a lot of kids wanting to take visits immediately. There's going to be a lot of content coming out. So that's really what I'm looking forward to. And as far as recruiting fans, I think that's something y'all should be looking forward to as well, because when it comes back, it's going to be so much content. It's going to be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, let's jump right into questions. Took our questions on the Horns 24 seven board. As always, first question from O Horns is who's visiting this week? Nobody. Uh, The answer is nobody. Uh, The, I talked to Justin Medlock from Manville, the linebacker who was offered yesterday. Um, he was on the visit, and at the end of my interview, I congratulated him for being the last visitor on campus before uh, everything got shut down. Um, Sierra Wright, the corner from Los Angeles, was set to come in this weekend, but obviously now that's not going to happen. So uh, quick, quick answer there, nobody. <laughs> Um, our next question from uh, Landon McBroom. Uh, can you remember a time that a recruit dogged the university when describing their visit? There are a lot of generic responses when asked how a visit went. Yeah, absolutely. There are some times. I mean, I, I can tell you this. We may not always write it. Um, you know, I, I, we don't try to bury kids. And I'm not going to – a lot of time, 15- and 16-year-old kids will say something that I don't think they understand the ramifications of. So I'm not necessarily going to always put it in print if they say something and, and cause a bunch of fans on social media to come after them. What I will do is, you know, just say, hey, I don't think this kid has much interest in Texas or they indicated to me that, that you know, that's not really an option with it. Um, 
but yeah, there's been certainly times where, uh, not just Texas, but like I've talked to recruits about visiting any campus and, um, you know, depending on the kid, they'll just tell you kind of flat out. Yeah. It's not that great. Uh, didn't have that. Good. In fact, this week, um, like I was in, I can't even remember who it was. Um, I was interviewing a kid and it, like literally we were just going through visits and it was like, this one was great. This one was great. And then I got to one and he was like, it was all right. Um, and you know, that's kind of when you can tell that, that, you know, it, it, it didn't really hit with them. Uh, Nick, what about you? Any experience with that? Um, not much. I did have one when I was working over at the Baylor site. Uh, they had a big visit weekend, uh, one weekend, and, you know, I was just catching up with all the recruits that had made it into Waco that weekend. And I think it was for, uh, I think it was for the Iowa state game, uh, this past year, uh, whenever they kicked that game winning field goal. So it was a pretty, you know, enticing game. And Everyone was saying, you know, it's, it's, it was great atmosphere, great ending, loved how it ended. And then I spoke to this one kid and uh, he was like, yeah, it was all right. I left in the second quarter. <laughs> so uh, that's the only experience that I've really had with that. I don't know about dogging the university. I haven't had one of those yet, but I'm sure that'll come. Yeah. All right. Next question from OB James 23, who seems to ask this one every week. But have you guys heard anything uh, positive about the Brockermeyers or Saviette Bird lately? Um, I think everybody takes every report I make about the Brockermeyers not being locks to Texas as a negative. Um, when I think if you looked at it from the perspective of them not being Texas uh, legacies, if it was just a five star offensive tackle and a four star center, um, and they were second in the race to Bama. I think that they're, you know, arguably second, I guess, probably at the top with Bama. And depending on the day, maybe first or second. I think people would look at that very positively. But um, because they were legacies and they're not called, being called locks, you know, people tend to look at it negatively. I think it is Texas is still in a positive spot with the Brocker Myers. With Savian Bird, it's changed a lot. I don't see a lot of positives there at all. Yeah, I'll agree on both ends there. Um, it's kind of just a wait and see with both of them, and especially now that this dead period is going to be coming into play. I'm, I'm curious to see how they sit on this next month and kind of evaluate their options, and then uh, when April 15th comes back around, we'll try to get back in contact with them and see what they've been thinking. All right, uh, next question uh, from N.T. Jones, uh, 1484. Um, he said... Uh, I heard that you mentioned multiple times last year that the kids that worry you most are the out-of-state kids. So how do you feel about all the out-of-state offers this year? And how does this change uh, your job compared to last year where Texas had a ton in-state? Um, I think the comment he's referring to is when the team struggles, I worry about out-of-state commits as the guys that could flip. Um, it's a lot easier to keep a handle on in-state commits. And I think that that kind of bore out last year when you look at uh, Van Fillinger flipping and Ethan Pouncey and um, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else, but uh, you know, the, really, I think that those are the guys that go first. I, Texas is always going to offer on a national scale. Um, they're always going to do it earlier than they offer in state because that's just kind of the way recruiting goes. But um, yeah, I, I really think that uh, right now, um, I you know, they're not in well enough with any of these out-of-state guys for me to really worry about those guys eventually committing and then flipping. And that's kind of what I'm talking about when I refer to that, uh, kind of refer to that mantra. Yeah, and I think they're doing a good job of uh, pounding California right now. Uh, there's a lot of recruits that are pretty interested in coming out, and they had a big group from Florida in on Monday uh, from the South Florida Express 7-on-7 uh, seven seven team. Um, so that, that's, that's pretty big. And I, I think they're hammering those two States home pretty good right now, which I think is always important in recruiting is California, Florida, and Texas. And, uh, if you can get those three, then, you know, you're probably going to end up doing a pretty good job. 
All right, next question uh, from Young Hookham. Is coronavirus entering the transfer portal? I hope so, um, and I hope it transfers off this planet somewhere else and we can get back to to everyday life. Nick, have you had any weird, like, like yesterday my wife called me because she was like, hey, I don't want to be the ones panicking, but if we don't go to the store, like, we're not going to have any toilet paper when we need it. Have you, have you had to do anything like that? I mean, my mom is in Massachusetts right now, so it's it's mainly trying, she's like, we, I just called her this morning, actually, and it was like, should you come home? I mean, I feel like everyone's going to, like, shut down the airports at some point. Like, it's just, it's a weird time. <laughs> Yeah, and well, and I just read, um, you know, Dallas has been declared a state of emergency. So she's flying into Dallas, from what I've heard. Um, they're they're halting a lot of travel to that area. So um, yeah, it could be could could start being a, a, a bad situation like that. Um, KC sixty seven says, as a person who gets to uh, see young men from all types of socioeconomic and family backgrounds, do you notice a consistent difference in kids with active fathers in their lives and those without? I think yeah, I'll, always. I mean, I, I one thing I, I constantly talk about, especially um, like if we want to get into talking about some some trainers uh, in this world that I, I think get good and bad raps as street agents or, or things of that nature. Uh, the guys who get the bad raps and certainly deserve those bad raps, I always look at the kids they're working with and if those kids have two parent families, because if they don't, I think that those kids tend to lean a lot on that guy. Um, and, and then that allows for that person to kind of manipulate a recruitment or, or kind of take control of it. Whereas far as, you know, if they have a two parent family, they usually come from a more solid situation. And that's not always the case. Sometimes they do have like a, just a really strong single parent situation, but I think, uh, without a doubt, if you looked at it, the odds are always going to favor, um, you know, not only two parent families, but somebody with an active father in their life that's kind of teaching them to grow up as a man. Um, I think the odds are always going to favor that. I, I mean, I guess what I've noticed, not even necessarily in football, but just in life, um, kids that don't really have active fathers seem to have, you know, a bit of a chip on their shoulder, uh, which can be a really good thing on the football field. I've seen a lot of uh, kids make it to the NFL and, you know, succeed without active fathers in, in their lives. I mean, one of the most successful athletes on the planet is LeBron James, and he never met his father. So I, I think I think with that chip on their shoulder, I, I've seen it with a few recruits. Um and uh, they've ended up succeeding. Um, so, yeah, I have noticed a difference. I wouldn't necessarily say it's consistent, but I have noticed a difference for sure. Yeah, I, I, and again, that's not to say that people without fathers can't reach success. I think uh, where I'm pointing at it as in recruiting, when you look at the recruitments that are run like a circus, I think more times than not, you look at, let's just use for example, like, Zach Evans, and I'm not saying anything about his family situation or his parents. What I look at is, is there a lot of guidance there? You know, is, is that person getting the proper guidance to be able to make mature decisions and, and not allow a recruitment to become a circus? Now, look, on the flip side, there are some fathers in this business that make recruitments a tremendous circus. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it goes both ways. Uh, I mean, the, the LeVar Balls of the high school world are out there, um, you know, but... I think that it goes both ways, absolutely. But more times than not, the more adult guidance and supervision uh, a recruitment gets, usually the you know the better off it ends up. Um, our next question from BP Bala X twenty four: Do you do you think recruits follow crystal balls? Do they get offended or heated by your analysis and say things to you about it all the time? I can't tell you how many times recruits either a don't understand what a crystal ball is. 
um, and will inadvertently give away where they're going to school. So here's a funny story. Um, there was a recruit a couple years ago. I'm trying to think who it was off the top of my head. And he, he, well, he told me, he said, hey, that crystal ball um, thing, it should say like 100% Oklahoma. And I was like, why? And he goes, because that's where I'm going. He's like, but but it's got like, and I'm like, no, nah, man, these are just predictions. He's like, oh. He's like, well, can you just make it say Oklahoma? And I was like, no, they're just predictions from, from different people. So either A, they don't understand kind of the way the crystal ball works, or B, they do follow it, do understand it. And, you know, if you put one in, sometimes they'll, they'll say something to you. I've, I've had some talks with guys this year even of – Usually, if I'm going to put one in, I'll talk to the kid beforehand and just say, hey, so you know I'm going to put this one in. This is what I'm thinking. Um, you know, if I'm wrong, let me know. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I operate. But uh, as far as offended or heated by analysis, yeah, it happens. I mean, it does. It, it absolutely happens. Anytime I write a film room about a kid, they ask me to send it to them. And I'm always a little wary because I always do write in areas for improvement list and um you know some guys handle that really well while other guys you know they don't think that they do anything wrong so um i it it absolutely happens yeah and i've had a a few recruits dm me about um my crystal ball predictions that i have for them or telling me to go ahead and submit one for a specific school and that kind of helps our job a little bit but uh they definitely do follow them they follow i wouldn't be surprised if probably half of the in-state class that we have has 24-7 subscriptions and follows what we do uh, very closely because uh, it seems that when, whenever we put out something that we start to hear from that kid a lot more after that if it was positive and then if it was negative, not necessarily. So uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think they follow it pretty closely. All right. Our uh, next question comes from... Um uh, UT fan 29 he says, uh, Mike, I think it would be a good idea for the podcast and or the website. Can we dive into the virtual recruiting program that will undoubtedly be extremely important in the next month or so? So basically, kind of what we talked about, I think you're going to see graphics made, all sorts of those things going out. Like, it, Remember that we're not the only ones sitting at home with nothing to do. These coaches um, won't be able to coach, won't be able to evaluate. They're, basically, all they're going to be able to do is uh, maybe send some text messages to kids, make some calls, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but I think it's definitely going to be a, a heavy, like, uh, you'll see FaceTimes, you'll see... Um, I, I'm interested to see who gets the most innovative with it um, because, you know, it's always a race in recruiting. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it's going to get uh, super interesting. I don't know how far they could really go outside of, of FaceTime and, and making some graphics and things like that, but um, I, I would expect them to be on their game with it. I, I guess probably the wackiest they could get with it is probably, you know, mailing recruits a package of some sort <laughs> that kind of just has, you know, some uh, goodies about the school or, or whatnot and then, you know, FaceTiming coaches every day, but... They're just gonna have to get creative with it, like you said. I, I mean, I saw I saw on Twitter that um, Texas is trying to hire more student graphic designers uh, right now, uh, so they're definitely trying to still push out, you know, uh, content and um, keep these recruits in contact, uh, you know, through some innovative ways. And uh, towards the end of your question, you said, uh, "How can Herman tout UT's highly regarded school in a way that sticks with the young man uh, for the next month?" Uh, FaceTime visits with professors and dean. I definitely think that's something that they could do. Uh, I think a specific case would be Sayer Wright because um, he was coming on campus this week and he was going to meet with the theater department. Uh, he's big time into acting. 
Um, and I, I think that's still something we could see uh, him getting contact with the coaching staff and him getting contact with the theater department over FaceTime or Skype um, and uh, just make sure they hammer home that, you know, they have both things for him, uh, not just football. Yeah. All right. Our, our last question, as always, comes to us from Charles Daniels. He said, the, the key to all my recruiting questions can probably be found in Mike Roach's phone or email. If you can have access to one phone or email unlocked for an hour to find recruiting info, whose would you choose? Um, I got I'm going to, this is going to be a shameless plug for somebody inside of our network. Uh, but, um, I mean, I can't imagine the, the wealth of information on Steve Wiltfong's, uh, Steve Wiltfong's phone. Um, you know, he is, that guy is as plugged in around the country as anybody. I think, uh, for me, you know, just to be able to get a glimpse at, at what Steve gets on a, on a daily basis is, uh, would probably be the best for me. Yeah. Um, I would definitely go someone in our network. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pick a recruit. Um, I know Damon Demas had a lot of information last year. Every time I talked to him, I kind of came away with something different. Um, that's someone I, I wouldn't mind reading text messages for about an hour and see, see what's going on. <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, going, going a different way with it. That's, that's uh, absolutely a good one. All right. That's going to do it for all of our questions. Um, so basically this, uh, you know, we've talked about what we can do in the interim. A lot of people have asked for podcasts. If we have good ideas for podcasts, we're going to do them. But uh, with news kind of halting, it's going to be tough to generate new content. So if we have something you know we think is unique, you know we'll we'll come out with a podcast for it. But uh, what we're probably going to do is trim them down to back to one a week, just because um, you know Bobby's not going into the office. It's probably going to be me and Nick for a little while, um, and and we'll see kind of you know how things shake out for us. Uh, you know this is. I got down about this a little bit, but what I realized that our job is simply football and that there are people whose lives are being changed on a much grander level with this. Um, you know what, the way I look at this is this is a way for us to kind of sharpen our skills, Nick. And, um, you know, we're going to come out of this thing probably better off just because we're going to understand how to deal in a, in a, in a tight spot where we don't have anything and we've got to make something out of nothing. Um, and that's that's exciting in a way to kind of be able to sharpen your skills. So uh, we're going to try to bring you the best. But uh, if you guys have any suggestions, please shout them out. We're open to doing kind of whatever right now. Yeah, I, I was kind of like you said, I was kind of down about, about it in the beginning, you know, when everything was starting to happen. The sports literally is canceled <laughs> for you know, the foreseeable future. And um, I was down about it in the beginning, but kind of looking at it, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for us. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking forward on getting better at some things that, you know, I need to improve on um, with the camera and uh, as far as getting content out as well. Uh, I've been trying to get better at photography and videography all off season, but now I'm going to have a lot of time to really focus on it now. So hopefully when I come back, we can we can get some solid video and solid photo content out to you guys. And um, some podcasts I think are going to be pretty interesting in the uh, future. We, we might need to have one where we just talk about our favorite restaurants in Texas, Mike. Yeah, uh, not wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Uh, um, we're down for whatever. So you guys have suggestions, send them over on Twitter to one of us, and we'll we'll figure out. We'll throw together an episode. We're basically going to be at home, uh, so uh, there's not much to go to. I think a couple trainers may get some stuff together. I might go out to some of that if I can, but um, outside of that, there's nothing really to see. So uh, we're down down for whatever. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Nick, do you have anything to add before we get out of no, here? No, that's about it. All right. Well, we encourage you guys all to uh, subscribe, 
uh, rate, review, all those things on iTunes. Subscribe over at Horns 24-7. Read our written work. We do have some interesting pieces I'm going to have coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll get through this together, guys. So uh, hang with us. Uh, we, we thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Now streaming on Paramount+.